Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbun on Twitter, and I have with me today, this is actually, this is the first time I've been able to do that intro for this show. What I should be saying is welcome to After Dark. Um, although it's both this week, I'm here with Liv, as always. Liv, hello. Hello, Trevor. What a, what a joy to have you on After Dark on the main, on the main stream. Yeah, I love um, to be on the on the main stage. I, love I know to you, you have you're, you're, more than you're a cameo. glutton for attention. Uh, that's... <laughs> People have uh, been saying it, and I'm glad that you're saying it too. <laughs> it's such a kind thing to say. People are um, and we're here with uh, I, I I mean at one point I believe uh, called Mr. Boop. At this point called uh, Mr. Crime Hot. Uh, to some, just Alec. Oh, it's Miss. It's Alec Robbins. Hello. That's true. It's me. I have I. I don't even know if I've announced my new comic name outside of Patreon, but I think I have. Oh I my gosh! Sorry. No, I no. I, I don't care. I think this is a cool place to announce it. Um, I, I guess I've, I guess I've just revealed that I am a patron. Um, Damn, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> Everyone else, uh, do you want to be like Trevor? That's so fucking cool. Yeah, just like get get on my level. Get these. I, I gotta say, I will say, and this is this is not prompted. I did not tell Alec I was gonna say this. I really like the comic so far. So being being on Patreon is cool because you get to see it. Um, it's really thank neat. you. That means a lot. Yeah. I I, okay. have, I wanted to reveal it at some point, but there's like a fun way we're gonna launch the comic. Uh, oh, fun! With uh, I'll, I can't even say it. It'll be a fun yeah. thing later. But um. I mean, this, I, these I are the first fun. words I've said all morning. I'm I'm still putting my head together. It's 11:38, <laughs> and I I woke up maybe 20 minutes ago. Perfect. We got him for the gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're finally gonna we're finally gonna get him. Um, <laughs> my faculties are not all in order. You can you can totally trap me in some crazy scenario. Just gonna just gonna ask you a leading question that makes it seem like you're wishy washy on like a very important issue. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's it's great to have you on the show. Uh, it's I, I mean, I have back. a ton of questions. Oh yeah, and you you were actually back for the for the uh, one I would say one and only movie review episode we ever did. No, for Detective well, Pikachu. Oh well, I guess was the Warcraft episode one of Warcraft episode was that a review? Mm, it's hard not to review it when you are viewing it. Uh, <laughs> both, both Warcraft and Stay Alive. Uh, I that's true. Were... <laughs> Stay Alive was also one of those. I did find myself actively defending the, the Warcraft movie because I think it came up in like a video. Yeah, it, it was actually to uh, at the time my my manager at work. Uh, we were chatting on on the thing about like uh, on, like the work thing. It's not Slack. It's uh, Keybase. Uh, about um, IGN's list of movies that had like like super like not superhero but uh, uh, video game movies, and uh, Warcraft was pretty low on it, and I was like, well, that's too low. Like that movie was actually pretty <laughs> pretty legit, and he was like, I remember watching it and like not really understanding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you should rewatch it. It's really good. Yeah, you just like, have to get a, a interpreter for the film. <laughs> that's what I would to... need. I've never seen it. I played Warcraft three, so I might know something. But you know what? If you ask me anything about Warcraft 3's plot, I wouldn't be able to answer that either. So, If you ever watch it, you should watch it with Liv. Because I, I found that I did not like the movie until I knew how much of Warcraft it was um, telling us about. I need like a Warcraft Sherpa to like guide yeah. me through the movie. Mm. Okay. I, I would actually, I think that's a really good way to describe Liv. 
Yeah, just I think I'm more like one of those those yeah, dogs, those dogs that finds people in the Alps with like the beer around there. Oh, I see. <laughs> and the, the beer is a copy of the Warcraft Three Battle Chest or whatever they called that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You are a Warcraft uh, Saint Bernard. Yes, Saint Bernard. <laughs> um, that's that's lovely. That's really nice. Uh, do you think? Wait, I gotta ask. This is this is. I like that this is not – this is like a, a, a true episode of After Dark. This next question will make it that. What do you think is in the uh, the barrel around the dog's neck? Because you, <laughs> you said know what? beer. Liv said beer. It's absolutely not beer, but that – I didn't question it when she said it. I was like, yeah, it's beer. Of course it's, it's beer. What else would be in there? It's I like it's first rum, aid right? shit. Is it rum? Oh, I, I thought it was alcohol. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. We they, all three have different answers. Oh, uh, you know, I guess I've never really thought about it. I just thought they're like rescue dogs, so I assume they have like, I don't know, bandages in there. I thought it was like a chilled IPA. I'm looking it up. Let's see. Rescue dog. I mean, I guess that's, no, rescue dog is going to give me way too many Let's see. What's answers. in the St. Bernard's barrel? Oh, it's a brandy. Okay. So they do have alcohol in there. Yeah, they supposedly drank the brandy to stay warm while awaiting mes- while awaiting rescue, although this is medically unsound. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's what confused me is that didn't seem like uh, it would be helpful. Well, that's what happens when you put a dog in charge. They they will have to be helpful, but they don't really have. You think to they arranged them. the whole barrel situation themselves? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. <laughs> See, that's I, why I, I said beer. It's very hydrating. I just think that it's a good choice. I think it's a better choice than brandy. Are you, <laughs> Liv, are I you think they should have monster hydrating drinks. <laughs> yeah, I just think you know it would be I'm nice. A little worried. <laughs> Like I, I don't know about this. I'm a little like I'm a little worried if you ever do end up in Australia, uh, that this could be a problem if you think beer is hydrating. Um, well, I think that's also what Australians believe. <laughs> well, no, it's just true in Australia. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's a magical place. Um, well, uh, Alec, uh, I'll, I'll ask a question first. We generally these go just like conversationally, but I, I, I have a couple questions for you. Um, I want to answer them. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. Um, so my first question is, uh, you create a lot of comics, and you have obviously like what I, what I love about your comics is the, um, the sense of like, um, uh, I don't, I want, I want to say inspiration, but sort of like where you draw your, your, um your muse from my influence my influences maybe yeah that's probably what i mean right yeah that's that's the one um like and obviously like there you know people will point out that like uh mr boop has like a lot of betty boop in it um <laughs> also <laughs> oh i didn't even consider that yeah I yeah well does. you know it's, i'm a careful reader is the thing but the, um... <laughs> so you took a close lens to that text <laughs> But like uh, a lot of your stuff, and like I won't, I won't reveal too much about your your new comic because it is Patreon only uh, thus far. But there's there's like um, there's anime influence in there. There's also like film influence in there. I can see sort of like I can see like there's the Tex Avery stuff. Like I feel like reading your stuff, reading your comics is neat because you can see a number of places you're drawing from, and it's not as if like. You're putting it out there as like, yeah, this is my this is my version of like Evangeliate or something. It's just like it's kind of <laughs> in there. So first question, um, what are some of your your favorite influences? Did I guess right? And second, um, in terms of video games, what would you say are like your biggest influences in terms of like what you look for when gaming? And because you are a game creator as well. I'm a game creator and a gamer. Wow. I, I, I got both sides of that seat covered. Um 
with as far as like comic influences go you're you're dead on like there's a lot of anime in there obviously i i kind of feel like i lean too much into it with mr poop like especially with the <laughs> ava shit um i i, I enjoyed I it, it. <laughs> yeah i'm glad i'm glad i went that way but i also think like uh there's a critical part of me that's like come on you didn't have to go that far um <laughs> But yeah, definitely. Like, so the new comic, without spoiling too much about what it is, it's very Lupin the Third inspired. It's very mm-hmm. much like, uh, I mean, I just have long been a fan of Lupin, and the I don't know. There's something very romantic about just like following a team of criminals, and the the story itself is basically trying to communicate that like these criminals are the heart of the universe. Like every like what they like do, they're, they're, it's, it's so romantic. It's just like they're causing trouble but like what they're doing is actually morally good somehow uh and i, I really attach to that like there's a there's a lot of stuff that follows in the, those footsteps um so like i'm drawing from anything like that and you're right there's a lot of like tex avery looney tune style shit like i like eyes popping out of the head i love a big cartoony expression <laughs> i mean um, look who does yeah I, I i think anyone who says they don't is lying to themselves <laughs> in a certain way and there's also this might surprise you uh some erotica influence i Ooh. I definitely think we need to be more okay with things being casually erotic, casually sexy. Let's have some See, fun. That's such a funny thing because Mr. Boop had none of that. It was it was uh, <laughs> stay in sex. Yes. Very I, prudish. <laughs> yeah, most I think I think probably most of the reviews I ever saw of it said you know like it 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 depicts a world that is that is uh, departed and and detached from the the world of the flesh and almost eerily so. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why we, I set out to be a little more horny with my new <laughs> We all respect it in Mr. Boop when Goku said I would never have sex. <laughs> Mickey Mouse said my dad would not approve of this, so I won't be doing it. I um, respect my dad too much. Walt Disney's correct in all things that he ever said. <laughs> There's no criticisms of Disney in my work. <laughs> it's all love. Um... And so what about what about video games? Like I know so you're the video game I know you from is your dating sim. Um, yes, Heartbreak High. Heartbreak High, yes. Um do you draw is that is that your primary sort of thing dating sims and visual novels or are you do you have a wider uh, a wider palette or is it is it very very focused? Both are perfectly good answers. Wider palette for sure. I actually have not played nearly as many dating sims as like my taste in game development would imply. <laughs> <laughs> I just think those are really fun to write and I love so like whether it's a dating sim or not I love a dialogue system in a game like I love Fallout New Vegas just like mm. that's that's like a high watermark for me in terms of uh being able to like the game gives you a lot of realistic and satisfyingly different options for each conversation and like the illusion that you're actually uh saying things that matter to the world is is strong I love that um but there's yeah like Phoenix right like those are like any like a visual novel uh, like Ghost Trick or any of those like I'm I'm a big fan of that I'm playing yeah. those new Famicom uh, Detective Club games that oh, just got I, I've been over looking to Switch. at those those look really fun they're so good I mean I, I'm there's two of them I'm playing the first one right now it's extremely polished I am shocked at how like uh, how like smooth this game looks for a remake of an NES game. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. And like, but that's not all, I don't know. I'm very like into platformers. I think more than anything, I really like like a 2d platformer. Mm. Um, Mega Man is like my bread and butter. Um, I mean, why not? 
Yeah, why not? I, yeah, and I, I love all the Mega Man games. I mean, Battle Network, Classic, X, Legends. Zero. Yeah, I'm interested I in... <laughs> um, I, I have to say that you are fun to... It's fun to watch you be a fan of something. Like, I feel mm. like you have... <laughs> just like such joy in the things that you're a fan of. Like even whenever I don't know what it is, like I just like to see you talk about the stuff that you're really into. Um, It's like both critical, but not cynical. And um, thinking about like, what are your gaming like buzzwords for like a game that you would pick up? And like, is that different than the games that you want to make? Like, are those two different areas? First of all, thank you for enjoying me talking about shit I like. It seems uh, <laughs> it's. I feel like it's your brand at this point. It's well, basically why people uh, people are man. Here. I guess okay. I guess I'll take that. I like part of me bristles with like, oh, I don't want to be like known for being a fan of shit. No, <laughs> I, also, don't, I don't. Yeah. think that's. I do. I do like. Part. It's the appreciation no, I, I know, part. I, I think it's yeah. Yeah. And I like to, yeah, I definitely uh, like thinking about storytelling in particular. And like with games, I know that's uh, like a pretty interesting, I don't know. Yeah, like, like just the idea that you can tell the stories in games that you can't tell anywhere else. And like, I, I haven't really talked about this publicly too much. I did change my Twitter bio to reflect this, but I am like, I'm the head writer for Squanch Games right now. Oh, um, I didn't know yeah. that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, is, like an- that is a very, um, <laughs> very deeply humble way to it. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter bio. <laughs> well, yeah, I like. I don't know. I'm not, like. It's not like a thing I want to like make a big post to. I actually like didn't change it for like months. I've been doing it since October, um, and I changed it like three weeks ago. So well, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, I can't really talk about what I'm working on there, but like I can say that I, I obviously am very excited to be writing for games in a professional manner, and like I just because I think about them all the time, and like Liv, you're asking like what kind of games I want to pick up, and it's usually something that is interesting narratively um and there's like two types of games i want to play and it's either like just one that's like all i call them like athletic games almost like mega man <laughs> to me is not narrative i'm just like it's all reflexes and me just playing um and having fun and not really thinking um whereas like the other thing that really attracts me is yeah like okay that outer wilds game was so neat to me where it's um have you guys played it yeah i um I had the the devs on a while back. Um, oh, nice! I got I got to nice. I got to try the DLC before it came out. So, is there wait, is it out? Is there DLC? It's it's it, it, it's it's announced insofar as people found it in like the code of the game. Oh wow! But, okay. Yeah. And now you're confirming uh, it. Thank you. I well, oh god. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no. I yeah. I, I loved Outer Wilds. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, um, stuff like that where it's it's very much like you are smartly understanding what the game medium is capable of and like playing around with that and trusting the player a lot too. Like visual novels don't always trust the player too much. Those are a lot of like (laughs) you're on rails. uh, You're just going to have fun. Um, I like when like, like Phoenix Wright's a great example of one that really puts you, I've been replaying those. So that's why I'm talking about that a lot, but like they really put you into the world. Um, You get really into it when you get like the right piece of evidence (laughs) and the music changes. Like, that, that so illusion good. to me, yeah, that, that's that's so much fun. Even if it's all very much on rails and guiding you and there's not much variance in how it can be played, like, I get pumped up. Um, and then, like, stuff like Outer Wilds is the opposite, where it's, like, st- still, and, like, Obra Dinn, where just letting you loose and exploring almost, uh, like, a diorama, It's that's, like, the mm. best way I can kind mm. of, like, it's a big world, it's not small, but, like, they have 
left a lot of things in there and just given you free reign to explore as you want and make your own narrative in that manner. That's really cool to me. Like, The Outer Wilds, everyone I've talked to played it completely differently. Like, you, some people went straight to this planet, I went straight to that one. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, that, that game. <laughs> I mean, and it's fascinating because, like, the way that the game works is, like, you can't, you don't want to give too much away, like, even within, like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> here's how the ship works. Like, like Even, even the out, premise like, of the game, which is, you find out within, like, 18 minutes, uh, that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's really wonderful in that way. I, I, I mostly just watched uh the whole game being played on my friend's stream and oh wow but it was still like there was something like really enjoyable about playing it that way too because like yeah, you're still like vicariously like, watching somebody else solve it like yeah. yeah it's 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 like you're 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 watching but like i was i was on the stream too so like i was i would oh, be like I okay, gotcha. try doing this or like try doing that or like what what is this plant what the, can you jump over there like it it's a weird it's a weird game because like most games i feel like would suffer from that but like that game no it's it's reason, a mystery it's like game a, <laughs> in disguise yeah, yeah like you're you're all yeah, helping totally solve it like, together yeah and it's just like it feels different then because like i'm not doing it necessarily but i'm experiencing it in like sort of a secondary weird way that i can't really experience most games so yeah no <laughs> i i have nothing but great things to say about that and Oberdin. i totally get what you're saying oh, i think yeah. diorama is like a pretty interesting way of thinking about it yeah, because they just create like a world that they they understand their scope. Like Oberdin, he knew just limited to the ship uh, and like some of these surrounding waters and like outer world or outer wilds. I always mix it up with fucking outer worlds. They um <laughs> and that's their fault. They fucked up, but <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm I'm allowed to mess it up. They they named the games too close together. Um, no, that game like yeah they they concocted a solar system basically, and they're just like here's what you can explore. Um, and like the other types of like narrative shit that I really like are, I mean, like near Automata or like Brothers mm -hmm. A Tale of Two Sons, where those are definitely like more on rails. There's still like variants in how you play, but they do something really interesting with the mechanics of gameplay to like convey emotions. Um, I guess I don't want to spoil either of those, but like both of those like you games, can spoil both. Yeah. they're pretty old. They, that's true. That's true. Uh, like Brothers is particularly like simple. I don't think that I, I don't actually think that game is that great. But it's such, like, it's so ahead of its time and, like, how it wanted to use the controller to make you feel shit. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a point where, like, I mean, like, just, just the central premise is two brothers learning to get along with each other. And then the, the understanding of games as a medium to be like, oh, you know what? We can demonstrate that with a unique control scheme where you're controlling <laughs> each brother with one thumb each. And that's difficult at first. And then naturally you'll get better at it the same way that the brothers are getting better at cooperating with each other. Like, it's... That's very, very cool to me. Yeah. I, I love that shit. So um, do you find that kind of like the kind of like matching between like, I don't want to sound too pretentious here, so I'm going to try and come up with a good way of asking it. Like the matching between like the form of the way you do things, like the kind of like mechanical elements and the kind of the thematics. Do you find that something that you also try to try to find or achieve in your own uh your own sort of artistic or creative work or the stuff that you like to consume yeah yeah wait it's it's eleven fifty seven. i need you to repeat that question yeah that's fine that's fine <laughs> uh so 
But my answer so, is yes, uh, confidently, even before I fully understand. I love, it. I love the, I love that like this episode, uh, people can know what time it is the whole time. That's true. I'm going to keep <laughs> updating you. Also, let me just say, eleven fifty, eleven fifty seven a.m. is not that early. I, I sound crazy. I'm like, just no, it's okay. Everyone, everyone has a different schedule. This is what That's I've learned true. by doing it's the Sunday. podcast. It's Sunday. It's Sunday morning. Yeah. Everyone has a different schedule, and I, I've learned to like respect everyone's schedule. It's uh, it's kind of magical. Uh, I, 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 I think everyone should produce uh, three to four hundred episodes of a podcast <laughs> to learn that schedules are are uh, individual things. It's the if only that's way you your really one takeaway from podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's you really um, in it. my fest trips. This was what it's going to say. Um, okay, so but you're asking. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. So basically, read. what I'm asking is, so like, brothers, brothers works because it. And I agree with you. Like, I had to write on brothers. Uh, for a magazine at one point, I, I don't even remember like what it, I think it was called. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was fun. Like it was a weird assignment that I just kind of like ran into and they really wanted me to write about brothers. And I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I found it interesting for the same way, which is that like, it has this sort of like formal element, which is, you know, move the sticks around formal or mechanical move, move the sticks, move each one of the brothers. And that is exactly as you say, like the thematic element as well. Like it's also about making two brothers work together. It's making your thumbs work together. It's like two things that don't quite sync up, but then given time become very, become like in, in, uh, instinctually tied together. So there's like, you know, that's the mechanics and that's also the, the plot. Um, I wonder if like you see that kind of merging between, you know, the mechanics or like how a story has to be told, uh, particularly in comics, which I mean, like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the formal limitations uh, of comics, like that's part of what makes them so great. Um, and the actual like content of the story as well. Like, do you find that the stuff you like best has those two things agreeing or is that something that you would confine to video games? It's not necessarily something I like best. It's just something I, I like to see. Like I, I mm. there's plenty of games I like that don't utilize the, the medium to its fullest extent. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that's fine. I, I just like, uh, I enjoy when an artist is fully aware of why they chose that medium. Like I'm also somebody mm. who, um, like I, I make comics, I make games, I have just written, I make films. Like I'll, I'll do, I can do a bunch of stuff and I'm happy to do them all. And I have like trouble narrowing down what I, you know, which one is my favorite because what it really comes down to is like, I like telling, this is going to sound so pretentious. I like telling stories and then I will think about which medium would best fit that particular story. Mm. Um, it doesn't always happen like that clinically. It's not like I have a kernel and like, all right, let's sit down and decide. Like, usually it's more organic. But, I mean, yeah, like, uh, Mr. Boop obviously works as a comic. Uh, I have, like, other stories that I jump around. Like, maybe this would work as, like, a game. Maybe I want to do this as just a straight story. Maybe there's something in this world that I would like to show as interactive and, like, that would be better for... A game or I don't like yeah like maybe I have such a maybe it's such a low budget idea that it would be really fun to do it as a film because I don't have to spend mm. that much money like stuff like that um cool so I, I I think like Heartbreak High was an example of one where it's just like there's there's moments in that game where I really hit on what I was trying to go for which is like the stress of having to navigate breakup conversations. And there's one in particular where I, I felt like it's probably the best level in the whole game where you're trying to break up with the track star and they're running, um, like they're practicing track while you're breaking up and they refuse to stop. So while you're talking to them, you have to like 
multitask and answer dialogue options while also moving your mouse back up and jumping over hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like it's that to me is like it's demonstrating uh, through little gameplay quirks exactly the feeling I wanted to convey, which is like trying to run alongside somebody and break up with them while they're barely paying attention. <laughs> like, right, right. It's it's a silly concept, but like that was that exactly conveyed the feeling I wanted to get. And that's like fun to explore and puzzle out with each storytelling thing I want to try to tackle. I mean, yeah. No, it's super interesting. And even with like Mr. Boop, um, it's a comic, but then there's like moments where, okay, if a lot of like early on, I'm thinking, okay, so I don't want to like make fun of, uh, people who might actually just be drawing a comic like this unironically. I don't, I'm not here to like mock someone who would just draw a comic about their waifu. Um, like in that sense, but I did like understand that part of the fun was this illusion that I might be serious. Um, but also there's a level of that where like, if I maintain that illusion too well, then I am mocking those people because I'm saying that the joke like hinges on people believing it. So then I'm like, okay, uh, a fun way to like both make it very clear and keep playing around with it is to do like videos, like fake interviews of my author character. And so I started to like shoot some of those and post them where like, okay, you watch those and it's pretty clearly like a sketch. <laughs> it's pretty clearly yeah. not real. And then I even break, there's a point where I edited in myself breaking. So like I'm, I'm, I start laughing and then I just cut past it because I'm like, I want to really hammer it home that this isn't real, but I'm inviting you to join in on the fun. Uh, <laughs> I re- I really like yeah. those like the 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 audio visual stuff in, in Mr. Boop was really good for that like it kind of opened the yeah I mean like basically what you're saying like seems to me to have a lot to do with what like I don't know literary critics call like medium specificity or whatever like the idea that every medium like or the idea that artists creating within a particular medium often have like a very good reason for that or for choosing that medium. It's not just arbitrary or yeah um, like I feel like you should like I feel like anything. <laughs> Yeah, like if not that a lot of people work in multiple mediums, but I mean, if you if, even if you just have one, like you clearly are, should be choosing it because it's the one that's best suited for your skills and what you want to express. Mm. I feel like we talked about this recently on an After Dark, but just like we talk uh, about everything. Yeah, we talk about everything, <laughs> but like that transmedia storytelling, like uh, mm. and like my uh, desire for the next ARG. Like I feel like Mr. Boop <laughs> kind of was the next ARG where you have a story that's best being told through multiple media um, that you did have like the video component too. And I feel like <laughs> it really speaks to like your, your strengths in creating, like how you were saying, like, you know, that you, you like making films, you like um, comics and video games and that you have skills in a lot of different areas. And so then can, can tell stories across media. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a wonderkind. <laughs> This is like exactly. this, whole, this whole podcast is just like we just want to gas you up a little bit, Alec. It's like it's, we're a little it's worried. Working. About it. It's working. It's <laughs> working. This is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and just start making shit. Do yeah, you, the ARG. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the one mystery that no one figured out in the Mister Boop ARG? Were there mysteries? I don't even think. There were. <laughs> I, oh yeah, the, there was the one big one was like who was my? Uh, I, I revealed like ex wives and like the second ex wife was a was a big one, but that that gets revealed eventually. It um, does. Yes. I remember what people were guessing, though. I yeah, I wouldn't guess. So I, I think I did, like, a contest. I, I Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave books away for anyone who guessed it, and, like, a couple people did. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Proud of them. Good work. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> just just Google tall fictional women. 
Um, yeah, no, the, the ARG stuff. I kind of wish I pushed it further, but I was like, because what I did, the, I did the videos, I did the like the website that's kind of like in universe, and I did uh, the game. Oh yeah, the, the video the game video, as well. Yeah, the the game. I the game is so funny. I made it in like two days. I just like hunkered down and went nuts. It's very, it's very short, but yeah. Well, like, yeah, that was the real mystery. You, yeah, you played the you played that game and had a lot of like really good things to say about it. I, I mean, clearly I do. Clearly, uh, I was I was a fan of the Mr. Boot multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's glad. actually a question I'm interested in. What do you think of multiverses, Alec? Like, what do you think of of like the? <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I I guess multiverse. Actually, I don't. Wait, wait. Do you mean do you mean like multiverse? Like you're talking like in fiction, like in a in a story that that uh, reveals that there are multiverses and different. Like, is that what you're asking? I, I just realized multiverse might not be the word I mean. Like, I, I, I'm happy if you have if you have thoughts on that. I don't care know. about that. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say I don't okay, care. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care about that either. I realized that was exactly like not what I wanted to say. What I meant to say was like the the concept that's been coming up a lot recently of like a cinematic universe, like uh, media properties that are uh, oh. always connected. Like the fact that like Marvel does it and now like Epic Games is saying like, well, Fortnite's in the Epic universe. Like it's a it's a cinematic universe in and of itself. It's multi-property. I didn't know um, they said that. that was yeah, when, yeah, very, very weird. <laughs> I I will say as uh, as like just as a concept, as the idea that you're setting uh, multiple stories in one shared universe, I have no problem with that. I actually think it's kind of cool. I think in practice, uh, it is applied like <laughs> in a business sense, uh, <laughs> in a really dirty, despicable way that I that I cannot get behind at all. Like the like Disney shit is fatiguing to me. Yeah. Like all like that Marvel universe uh, was definitely novel when they first started it. When you're like, wow, so this is this uh, this Hulk movie is uh, it's in the Iron Man universe. That, that's like fresh. Uh, I think before that, I think only Kevin Smith had really been doing that, and he also got it from comic books. Um, and I thought it was fresh when Kevin Smith did it too. And of course, he's not like commanding this multi-billion-dollar. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, like it's it's different when it's just those two stoner guys showing up in every movie. Like you just get Jay and Silent Bob and chasing Amy for one scene that kind of feels insane in retrospect. <laughs> um, I think Scooby Doo was doing it too. Were they oh, you're like? Right. I mean, in, in what way? I actually don't know. I don't know that Scooby Doo also existed in the same world as uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, or, I see. Uh, or well, they are. Do they're doing it now with Scoob, uh, with that movie Scoob, where like it was all uh, Hanna Barbera characters, and it was like a backdoor. Oh, really? Yeah, like I didn't watch it. I just know that like it's it's like in that movie, it's really just about Shaggy and Scooby, and like the other mystery team people are just like kind of the B story. And then Scooby's like hanging out with Hanna Barbera guys, and they open it up to like we're gonna do a whole. Hanna Barbera verse, so you're not wrong. They're doing that. <laughs> well, they kind of did that. Yeah, they kind of did it in the '70s too, when like Scooby Doo would meet up with like um, I'm not gonna remember his name, which is really wrong, but maybe one of you know the, the like the actor from Get Smart was like on, <laughs> just uh, in an episode. Yeah, yeah, just but that's like, like yeah, crossover. Like, like that's that's different to me almost. Mm. Like, and not to like not to mm. just kind of like crossover culture no, no, was yeah. a thing for a long time. Like, like those are kind of dead now. Now we just do this shit, um, right? But like, yeah, it used to be you would have the the Wild Thornberrys Rugrats crossover or something like that. Like lasted up until the nineties, like or the two, early two thousands, and like that feels different to me because it's not like a concerted attempt at 
like making sure that those stories exist in the same world. In fact, usually it was kind of like breaking both worlds to make that happen, like to contrive it. And it was always like standalone. It was always like a one-off thing. You don't you don't um, feel any regret that there was never a Klasky Shupo uh, verse. You know what? I absolutely do feel regret. I wanted uh, <laughs> Auto Rocket to to hang out with Liza Thornberry, Eliza Thornberry, whatever. Yeah, uh, with Donnie, the the baby that yelled. I want I, Donnie should have met Tommy. I bet he did in the Thornberry's movie. Whatever. Yeah, that honestly, that, that that seems like a missed opportunity. If they I actually I do meet. It seems they absolutely did it. They absolutely must have done it in that movie that I never saw. <laughs> I bet he could talk to them. I bet it was like a big reveal because Eliza can talk to. Wait, was the premise of that movie that she could talk to the babies because she can talk to animals? Wow, that. <laughs> I bet that was it. I. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, really, there's a lot going on in that premise. I truly, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to unravel what that would say about what babies are, but I guarantee that. <laughs> They do gotta have a little. They are closer to to our primal states. They, they they're more id than, uh, mm. than than any of us really. Well, see, the big question I have there is why couldn't Eliza talk to Donnie then, who is mm. also a baby and yeah. voiced by well, maybe voiced Donnie by, didn't want to talk to her. Who voiced Donnie? Was it Sting? Flea <laughs> yes, from Flea. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Why, yes. why did I think it was Sting? Just a one word. <laughs> yeah. Sting and Flea are pretty similar. That's true. Like their look, their whole like vibe is very similar, especially was, as they age. They're going like to merge into one, yeah. One if creature. I asked both of you who played Fade Routha in Dune, would you say Sting or Flea? I, I don't know who that is. So yeah, I would, the I would, bad I would, guy I would, in David Lynch's Dune. I haven't watched it. I will abstain from answering. Okay. But I'll say Sting. Okay. Because it's, got a, because it's clearly Sting. I would say Sting because... It's Sting. Yeah. But you could see it <laughs> not being Sting. <laughs> So, you know, no, we couldn't because we didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, but anybody well, else, anybody else could have maybe. I realized I like you. I've been completely skewed with that because, of course, like I should know that that's a very weird question to ask. But my uh, my father in law, who doesn't like a lot of media, like he's he's famous for not reading novels. He only likes <laughs> to read textbooks. He's famous um, for it. Yeah, uh, he loves David Lynch's Dune. Like, I think every time I see him, he mentions something about it and like <laughs> very specific things, like you know, the Guild or Fade Rautha, or like, do you remember like when Paul becomes the Quisatz Hadarak and stuff? Like, like super specific. So I've just started to assume that every person in the world is like a, an encyclopedic knowledge of Dune. Um, so he not, doesn't not read yet. the books. Maybe he one just, day. Just this one film version of dune yeah yeah oh yeah yeah he's never read the books only the is one he excited <laughs> for the new dune is he like he doesn't seem to be he that's seems great to be i love excited. this guy yeah. he is just in his own lane he likes the one adaptation of dune no interest in anything further absolutely not i've told him he might like the book he's just not taking me seriously on that yet <laughs> um yeah no he's he, he's definitely sort of like a uh his own guy that way in terms of media um I will say, Liv, I'm a little surprised that you don't know Dune since you were on a podcast after ostensibly reading it. I, I didn't read back. it. It was uh, underwhelming. Oh. I think <laughs> it's a... I, hope, I hope Dennis isn't listening to this podcast. I know he's not. Um, I, I mean, everyone knows that it's a, you know, middle grade YA book that's just, you know, carried it's some been legacy. It's been elevated. It. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Emphasis on L there. Um <laughs> I did always kind of group it in with like Ender's Game, where it just seemed like yeah. I I, I haven't I I, don't, I should not shit on Dune. I haven't read it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. You guys get. I, I realized like I was going to defend it, and then I realized the last time I read it was like 
20 years ago on a plane. So I truly <laughs> don't know if it's any good. I, I bet I would like it better than, than you live, but I don't know if that means I would then say like, it's important and I need to change your mind about it. Probably not based on my track record of wanting to change people's minds about stuff. <laughs> I like my sci-fi dry. Dune has too many giant sandworms for my taste. Actually, I really like sandworms, so I don't know why I just singled those out. <laughs> yeah, there's... That's, that's the one thing I probably would love. <laughs> there's some good bits in it. Like, I like the story. I just don't like the writing. I, I would yeah. probably That's like a film version of it more. He is extreme. Herbert is extremely dry. That's okay. why I the, thought... I take it back. Then I'm in. Then I got to read Dune. Yeah, I thought that's why that's why my father-in-law would like it. Because in some ways, like, the descriptions of all the things he does sound like a textbook. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a very, like, long... blank, like, teen male character that the book follows and like his relationship with his mom and just like, yeah, everyone's very one dimensional. It's just not, it, there's some, but you cool gotta, world you gotta building. be there for the long descriptions of how the, uh, the moisture on Arrakis creates. Well, I like that part. Okay. Those I'm are the rocks. The You're world building me. is what I like. The rest yeah, that's of it the part is I like too. bad. Okay. Wow. We all agree again. This I'm pro Dune. I love this Dune podcast. Freak. A real a duner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna start a, a gimmick account. Um, what actually? Here's a question for you, Alec. Do you ever worry uh, that your work is either not being elevated enough or being elevated too much by people who read it? Like, do you too ever much. feel like? Are you ever worried that uh, people are? Um, either misunderstanding or uh, or you know doing something with your work that you feel is like not really accurately representing it in the world. Uh, first question: I do worry that like it's being elevated too much sometimes. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I don't like my what I'm making is funny. I will I will cop to that. I will say that I'm funny. Um, I'm not <laughs> afraid to admit that. <laughs> and it's definitely like playing so around brave. with. <laughs> it's very brave of me to say. It's definitely playing around with um, a lot of, like, I don't know, under the psyche thoughts that are being, like, I don't know, floated around on the internet all the time. Um, so I think it feels important to people because it's, like, so specific and, um, like, digging at stuff that hasn't been widely discussed in, in, like, a funny way. So I won't discount, like... Anyone who feels that it's important in that regard, but I do think like yeah, I don't I don't want people to like hold it up to such high regard. It's it's a goofy comic, um, and I don't yeah I'm not gonna like if anyone wants to read more into it, that's fine. I know what I put into it, and maybe they're accurate. Maybe they're like hitting on something that I didn't even realize I, I wanted to express, but uh, sometimes they're not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. But would you ever would you ever mind if someone said oh that. That Alec Robbins just does YA stuff. Like that's that's. Oh, that's is that what you're right. asking? I, well, no, that, I was asking both. I'm just I'm <laughs> okay, curious. Okay, okay. I'm curious yeah. if you would also feel that way if like someone was like, "Yeah, it's just YA garbage." Like whatever. Like it's 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 fun for a laugh, and that's about it. Uh, that's fine. That's more than fine. Yeah, I, I, I it's definitely not YA because I don't want I, I, there's sex <laughs> there's sex in this. Um, there's sex but, in YA novels too. Is that? I mean, like, yeah, is that, but, that's right, right. Not uh, really. not on the page. Yeah, like you oh, can't, you can't, yeah. you can't like you can't be in the room. Really. Yeah, exactly. You can't be in the room. You can't be in the room. The narrator, the narrator has to step out and then just ask the characters <laughs> later. You guys, you guys do it. Did you guys hook um, up? Yeah. <laughs> give me the, give me the platonically. There's the um, the sock. It's on all the subtext. Why is all subtext? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Boop is all text. Exactly. There's nothing. There's no subtext at all. It's if. 
two characters want to fuck, they will do it within three strips. Um, <laughs> That's even... And good for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I cheered everyone in Mr. Boop for following their heart. Even even Sonic, when he shot Mr. Boop. I thought yeah, good for he, him for he was warranted. For himself. Exactly. I yeah, I think, to... uh, yeah, I think I don't care if someone thinks it's just like, try. I, I don't care if someone hates it. I think they're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's unexpected. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the truth, like the truth in that is, uh, I do not think anything I made is universally, like, has universal appeal. So I know going in, people aren't going to like it. And that's never going to bother me. <laughs> what, you know what would bother me is like if somebody that I really look up to doesn't like it, that would sting. And that's the only, I mean, and even then I could get over that. Like that's That fine. would flee, I think you mean. Oh uh, yeah, it would, God, nice, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's a callback, yeah. That's, uh, oh good, it's a good callback. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I feel like, I feel like that I can relate to that as opposed to sort of like the feelings a lot of people have that they want their work to be recognized as something specific. Like, oh, I, I would feel really bad if like, you know, my art or my podcast or whatever was not like recognized as, you know, X type of, of work. Like, I can't relate with that, but I can certainly relate with, oh, geez, like, this person whose work I've always admired thinks my stuff is, like, really bad and, like, <laughs> a, a blight on the form. Like, I that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, it's just, it's a little personal. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's definitely, like, my own problem to deal with if that happens. I, I'm not, like, they're, they're entitled to that and they're fine. And I got no real beef with them, but I'm like, oh, man, I just wanted that person to like me. Who, who among us is not guilty of wanting someone to like them? That's a good question. Liv, do you, have you ever wanted someone to like you? I am always guilty of that. There's mm. never been a time in my life that I haven't been guilty of that. I never do anything to aid people in liking me, but I think that they should. <laughs> Except being charming. Well, it's actually a good way to live your life. Yeah, like, I want you to like me, but I'm going to do nothing to make that true. <laughs> I just Wonder. go with the, the classic Liv flavor. <laughs> it works. If people it aren't works. there for it. Yeah, people aren't if people aren't ready to talk about Neopets with you, then they're not ready for you. I don't oh yeah. Exactly. Ooh, there's a question. Uh Alec, have you what is what is your old internet uh like slash gaming slash culture thing? There's always something. Like for Liv Neo, it's Neopets. Neopets. It's me and Neopets um, too. I think we talked have I talked like about my Neopets fan fiction on here? And... No. Oh not on here. Is really? this a is this a world release? No, I've I've posted about it before, but yeah, sure, it's a world premiere. Oh, um, I, I think every, you you've talked about being in the first. in the Neopian Times before about being published. Yes, is that correct. That was, that's that's my that's my Neopets fan fiction. <gasps> I've never heard about this. Yeah, it, you can find it. I won't tell you how. It's online. It's not under my name. It's under my old Neopets <laughs> username. I won't tell you how. <laughs> it's, now it's, it's out an there. ARG. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not. Every time I post it, every time I talk about it. Uh, it's easy to find if you like Google. I, I've like tweeted it before, so I think you can just find it from, from Googling. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, if I should definitely save it because I don't know when, if ever, the Neopets website is just going to take itself down. But they have the Neopian Times all up there still from like, I don't know, when was I playing? Like, it was near the beginning of Neopets. I was like 13, maybe 12. It was, I, I think know. it started in like 99. Yeah, maybe? so was I... I wonder how old I was when I wrote it. It's really hard to like tell because the date isn't on the the, the mm. site. It's it's like at the Neopian year. 
like year, <laughs> year four or whatever, like year oh, three. That's so good. So year I can't, three of mourning. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't I can't pinpoint like I haven't been able to find out exactly the year Neopets started, and then I would maybe be able to like backwards uh, like figure out. I don't know. Like I have to base what, it on the on the French Revolutionary calendar. Yes, I need um, I need that. Um, but whatever it is, I was like eleven or twelve, and I wrote a bunch of fan fiction. It's like a six part thing that they published. Um, and yeah, Neopets was my shit. Did you ever make cool. any comics for the Neopian Times? No, but I did do um, in like elementary school, middle school. I would draw comics all the time, and I there was one that definitely had Neopets in it. I just I don't have those anymore, and they were never sent to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they were for the private collection. Yeah, they were like we we had like a group of kids that would draw comics at school, and we would all like let each other use each other's characters in them, and then I don't That's know. So cool. Yeah. We, I don't know where we picked it up, but we would use, this is so dark, we would use the term copyright to be like, can I have the copyright to your character? I want to use them in my comic. Like, we would talk like that, which is so fucked up. It is so, like, how do you have, like, a bunch of kids excited to draw comics using, like, legal terms? <laughs> you, just, you, you ask your friends if this is part of the Creative Commons license? Like, I, <laughs> is this is this Wikimedia uh, safe? <laughs> um, yeah, I... I I also wonder after like Liv's question makes me wonder, did you ever do like, were you involved in web comics at any point? But like before, like back when they were like more classically web comics, like, are you like the, uh, the real life comics, uh, era of, of web comics? I was very into that era. Um, mm-hmm. I, as was I, I, I read way too. Yeah. Um, same. Um, it was, you know, we all did. We're all guilty. You did. Yeah. Um, but I, I tried to do web comics from time to time. There's like a couple like failed attempts. Um, I don't think any of them deserved to take off in their in the state that they were in. Um, but mm. you know, I was I was giving it a shot. Like, I also did a sprite comic on like oh, Game cool. FAQs when I was like ten, and it was a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Um, and I think I must have done like two hundred of those. They were so easy to make and nonsense. And th- those are all gone. There's no Perfect. way to find them. I've I've looked for them before, and I think if I if I did ever find them, my soul would leave my body. I, they they have to be the worst thing in the world. But <laughs> since it's Sonic, though, they are probably a big part of someone's like version of the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I it's so funny because I never had like Sega shit growing up. I had uh, I had a Game Gear, so that was it. But that I loved Sonic. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I, I would read all the Sonic Archie comics, which are insane. They rock. They, I love they them are, so much. They are. Like, I talk about these on every podcast I go on somehow. It always turns to this. But <laughs> they're Sonic, wonderful. The Sonic Archie comics yeah. and the Ninja Turtles Archie comics. Both completely uh, bonkers. I never read the Ninja Turtles ones, but uh, they're, yeah, the Sonic they're wild. Bonkers, they go to like, space all the time in those. That's great. I feel like they do yeah. that in Sonic, too. It's just you have you have like so little lore to go on, but you have to fill like 100 issues of a comic with an overarching story. And it's just they start digging into the biggest nonsense. It's it's yeah. very it's very anime. It's very like high tension, high drama, soap opera, uh, like powering up, cry, like Sonic crying over people's deaths. Is it's so yeah? Cool. It was the first time I really it was <laughs> it was my first shonen. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, <laughs> there's like there's there's something yeah because I like the the one I always remember is like at some point Raphael like died or was like banished or something and he came back and he wore an entire black bodysuit even over his face oh my god that's so it just so looked funny. like 
it was so good. Like, it's just like, I, I, I couldn't place it at the time, but it wasn't like, oh, that's it's like punished Raph. But um, yeah, they're like, you know. they're all drawing from like, it's funny, like there's so much Star Trek shit in that Sonic comic. There's so much like, <laughs> yeah. fan, like fantasy lore, like Knuckles, his whole family is uh, like this ancient race of like Native American echidnas kind of it's it's very tribal and offensive and stupid. Um <laughs> But it's and, it's it's so it's thought life. out, yeah, and it's it's clearly all pulled from like yeah from like pulpy fantasy novels. It's it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, with Sonic too, I would read. There's a whole like ecosystem of Sonic Sprite comics, and I remember the weirdest thing was uh, there was a site where that that, that guy Tyson Hess who does mm-hmm. like he he actually worked on the new Sonic movie and he like did that opening for Sonic Mania. Like that guy. Uh, was on that site like i knew him from making a comic on that site wow and then like years later when i i saw this like sonic mania intro and like he was doing sonic comics too and i'm like wait is that the same guy and it was so i loved that he had like gone on this journey to like now he's he understands sonic better than anybody <laughs> like he sees the guy that they call in to fix I mean, sonic for the movie like the funny thing is he also said that about mr boop when he read it this is a classic after dark question but i feel like we're um i feel like we're we're broaching it right now is just like how you got into video games like what are your earliest memories of like um maybe like identifying as like not identifying as a gamer necessarily, not a capital G gamer, but that video games were something that were more important to you than they were to other people, like having that recognition. Yeah, definitely. I have like early, early game memories, and I it's always like a mystery kind of as to why I even ended up with a Super Nintendo, because I definitely didn't ask for one. And I guess my parents must have, like, just known you're supposed to buy that for a kid. I don't, like, (laughs) I don't remember, like, how I came (laughs) upon it. Your parents Um, weren't gamers. No, not at all. Like, zero percent. My dad, he's into cars, and I remember one time, like, for the GameCube, he bought bought one of those racing wheels and tried, like, Burnout or something and hated it. And then we just had a racing wheel that never got used. That was his one attempt at engaging with games. But, um... (laughs) And what was your attempt at engaging with cars? <laughs> yeah, but I bought a controller and put it in the car and then never used it. <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, like, at some point I just had a Super Nintendo and, like, it was my favorite thing to do. At any any time I could be doing anything, I would choose that. Mm. Um, I had, like... What's funny, too, is part of, part of this mystery is, like, trying to figure out exactly when I... I think I had a Super Nintendo after the N64 was already out. And then I'm, like, thinking, well, when did I get an N64? Because I remember, like, it must have been out for a while by the time I got it, but it felt like it was brand new. I just wasn't clued into the greater gaming ecosystem. Like, I had friends that had, like, the same systems as me, but... Yeah, like, uh, I have an early memory of uh, being at, like, a dinner with, uh, like, another family, and, like, my friend Scott handed me his Game Boy and was showing me Link's Awakening. And, like, that was I, I that was the first time I'd, like, played a Game Boy and, like, tried to... Like, that was my first time playing any Zelda, too, and I remember I asked for both of those, so I had, like, that game and uh, Game Boy, and, like, that that game in particular was such a, like, okay, Link's Awakening is so funny and cute and weird and, like, fun and good puzzles and, like, hard, like so big for a little cartridge uh, that yeah. 
It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, hooked me for the rest of my life. But like Super Nintendo too, I would play like I had Mario All Stars, so I like that was my Mario education, and then um, Donkey Kong Country. I was obsessed with those. I had I had two, and I would have to rent one and three all the time. Um, and I literally would rent them over and over because, like, you would rent a game and someone would delete your file, so you'd have to like start over. Like, you just couldn't finish a game because you brought it back to Blockbuster and someone else would take it and start over. Same thing with like Mario RPG. I never owned it, and I played the beginning of that game like eighty times and never finished it because I feel I like the beginning yeah. of the game's the best part of that. I don't think I gotta say I don't think Mario RPG rose to a clear crescendo mm. i think <laughs> it yeah lacked, it I had, lacked gravitas i had that on uh em, like i emulated that game and i think that i also just played the beginning of that game 80 times i don't think that i ever completed it <laughs> it's not like that's great really it makes get, me feel like, better same, yeah you don't get the same closure in like it, it's not like a final fantasy game where at the end you're like wow they they, they closed all those loops for me it's like it, Mallow's <laughs> still around in my mind i i get to i get to think about him sometimes that's nice that's all we want yeah did yeah, you have a yeah you're talking about your friend but did you have like a gaming community did your sibling i don't remember how many siblings you have i, I have a younger brother uh i was definitely like the annoying older brother who would you know give him the fake controller or whatever like that's shitty of me. Uh, i definitely no, definitely cool. like made my brother like video games less than i did because i made it a, a bad experience for him but like no we, yes we i have that play. brother yeah. <laughs> my cousins did that to me but also, i regret it it was shitty but i was a i was a child whatever i kind of wanted to be able to do it so as someone who went through it i, I kind of admire you for being the the like the it's, it's, it's like <laughs> someone hurt me down the line as far as games go <laughs> Well, like, yeah, I think about like Kirby's Dream Land 3, you could have the second player play as Gooey, but like, that's such a cosmetic player two thing where like, you can kind of help, but the camera well, follows like Kirby. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Tails. What are you um, really doing? Like, yeah, you're just kind of like, over this cliff, Tails. <laughs> keeping occupied, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, this is when you became the capital G gamer is whenever you made gaming miserable for someone else. <laughs> that's, right. that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's how a coming of age moment for all gamers. <laughs> Yeah. Alec, what is your um what is your do you ever do you have a preferred competitive game? Uh probably Smash Bros. I don't I don't like a lot of multiplayer games to be honest. I'm I'm definitely more of a single player gamer, but Smash Bros I have a deep love for. I'm not even that good at it. I just like playing it. Who's your main? Um, uh I jump around. I got I got some Ness, I got some Ganondorf, I got some K Rule, Jigglypuff. I, I'm all over the place. Nice. But uh, Ness probably my best. But it's so funny. I play with my buddy uh, Derek, who I've just I've known since college, and we like still live near each other in LA. Um, moved across the country, but yeah, we still like regularly play Smash Bros. Like we would when we lived together in college. <laughs> and I, I always have to explain to him like we're not good. Like he he thinks <laughs> because we're so evenly matched that we're like some of the top player. I'm like if you played against anybody else, they would it would crush you. I would love, I would love to see you like, I would, cause like it, I, I've been to video game, like the fighting game competitions a couple of times. I've been to the one in uh, St. Charles in Illinois, uh, combo breaker, which is fun. Cause it's like the third biggest. So it's like mm, the wow. third or second biggest. So it, well, but what's great about that is like, it's still fun then it's not like Evo where it's like, it's, it's still manageable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, you can like Sonic Fox is there and you can walk by him and like say hi, as opposed to like, Oh, he's, <laughs> he's like a guest. Um, but like, uh, I'll also say like every video game competition I've been to has been like 
everyone's super open about letting people try. And it is funny because like you just get demolished. Oh yeah. Um, I've played against some people who are like lower end pro level types and it's, it's like, I might as well not even be playing. That's kind of my one problem with like competitive games is you, if you're playing online, you're quickly outclassed um, Mm -hmm. unless you're willing to devote way too much. Not sorry, not too much, but unless you're willing to devote a huge chunk of your life to improving and some people that's very satisfying and i it's, i don't have that i like i appreciate those games that are designed to be played casually like i know there's a lot of smash bros snobs who are like they want that game to be more deep and i'm like i truly am grateful that it is like designed so that i can have fun playing it i can't imagine the world where smash bros is like as as deep as like king of fighters or something yeah Nintendo, we don't need that world nintendo's just like yeah we hate like all, all of a sudden we just hate selling video games so hate having yeah. fun <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is, is like changed. there are people who feel like smash bros is that way already like I, I have friends that like they don't play it and they know it's like a popular game and they always give it a shot and they're always like this is too much i don't know what i'm doing i'm smashing buttons and i'm like yeah, if you I'm feel that way. way about this game yeah i don't i mean that's that's bad news <laughs> i like fighting games and mm-hmm. i i can't i can't handle smash bros it's it like interesting it, the, the yeah i arena like not arena what are those called not arena fighters but like I don't know what you'd call them. Basically, the well, ones where it's like Smash Bros is like a platformer fighter, I guess. It's yeah, like, like your your uh, your end goal is to knock the person off the platform. Like I yeah. I don't those games don't click with me at all. So I'm just like I play them as if they're about HP. Like, you like can you can turn fighter. that setting on at least. Yeah, they have that option. Yeah, it's it, but like I mean I don't not I don't want to not design for it. like <laughs> yeah. Well, can we play this like it's Street Fighter, please? <laughs> no, of course. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Actually, when they added Ryu, the single player campaign is all Street Fighter themed, and it has HP. Like you have to like fight like in Street Fighter style. Oh, that's so cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I uh now now our our very own Liv um is a pro at Overwatch. I would say wow. I'm. I think I, 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 level. I knew that. I no, knew you were a pro. no, I've just played way too much of You've it. You've been scouted by several of the teams. You said, you know what? I, I like my life. Uh, I'm sorry, Dallas uh, Fuel. Uh, <laughs> I can't join your squad right now. I did. Tell you, I'm going to ask this question, even though I don't know the Overwatch characters. Who do you play as? Um, I play basically any of the support characters, and then Zarya and Diva for tanking. And really, I can I can play most things except for I'm not a great DPS. I'm not great at aiming. Uh, hey, me neither. Like headshotting, I'm not great at headshotting. Very it bad at shooting. Makes shooters. me anxious. But you play a, you play a decent Widowmaker. I've seen. I you. don't. No, I do not. <laughs> oh, well, better than me. I'm terrible at playing Widowmaker. For a while, I insisted on trying, and she's like the sniper, and I'm also very bad at aiming. I think but, uh, eventually someone was like, don't do this. Yeah, please. I'm also mostly playing on Australian servers now, so like, it just <laughs> it's not the ping is not great for headshotting, I gotta say. And Australian players are much worse. Yeah, I mean, my, my internet connection is better than theirs, even on Australian servers, so I don't really have an excuse. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, oh. I, I can never. I never got into like arena shooters like that. I I played a little bit of Counter Strike years ago. Um, I'm not again, maybe the worst Counter Strike player that's ever existed, but I did like it. Um, but you know, that seems hard. I'm not good at making like really um, like squad shit. Like you know? as soon as you see someone, you have to kill 
you have to kill them within <laughs> a point of a second of seeing them or else you're dead. I don't Yeah, don't that's love true. That Overwatch Overwatch works for me a little better than Siege and, and Counter-Strike. Even though I think I like Siege the I like Rainbow Six Siege the most. I'm also very bad at it. Like I think my <laughs> the only time I ever like the, the only really like good maneuver I ever did on Siege was I was playing the sniper again because I don't know why I insist on doing this. Um, but, uh, I, three people just randomly showed up in a window and I just fired blindly three times and got three kills. Everyone was like, wow, that was amazing. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely wasn't just at the right place at the right time. Those are the um, it feels good you when you for. do it by accident. Yeah. Yeah. But like anything else, I'm just like, I just like panic and do not get the <laughs> shot off. And then I just get to watch and, and tell my friends like, oh, the, I see someone coming over here. Um, so yeah, no, I, oh, actually my, my I think the last time I played Siege, I um I panicked because like <laughs> we we got teleported somewhere or something like that. And I guess like we or no, we got spawned it was at the spawn point and someone had like camped out and shot at us and I freaked out and just like started opening fire and killed my teammate. Yes. <laughs> that's an that's an Alec move. And it was like every it, like I was playing with a with a friend I knew and it was like everyone, including my friend, was like, Whoa. <laughs> the room just changed man what did you just do <laughs> like, i'm sorry i panicked <laughs> that was that was the moment where i was like this is this is my defining siege moment i have to stop and at least in overwatch you can't really do that like you can you know you can mess up but it's 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 slow enough that like it's not you know you aren't going to mess up in a split second it Typical. does sound more forgiving mm. mm -hmm. i like yeah like the ability to heal seems good mm, mm, that's, that yeah. is nice i wish i wish real wars had that yeah wow that's so actually speaking of real wars i wanted your opinion <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> happy to comment on any and all wars uh <laughs> ongoing uh, I... or in the past you let me know Ooh, past wars <laughs> like gotta get gotta get your thoughts on the peloponnesian war um <laughs> love it <laughs> big, big ten out of ten. I, yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, your opinion on wars being it was great. <laughs> I think we should do less of them. I think they're bad. Um, zero wow. out of ten, all wars. Wow, wow. That's my official review. Un unbelievable. <laughs> um, well, I have one more question for you, Liv. Do you have one more question for Alec? Oh, I do have one more question. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Let's keep so them coming. I, okay, I'm, I want to let Liv have last words, so I will ask this question. Um, one of the things I really liked about Mr. Boop and also your your sort of like the work around Mr. Boop and even even the new stuff, like even even Crime Hot, even though it's not um, uh, as focused on this, like I I liked the way you approached uh, sexuality and attraction um, because I liked the way that it was just sort of there as like as like a natural part of, of the characters lives. Um, and then also like there would just be when you'd come on as Mr. Boop's author and like it would be like a very like sexual sort of interview and like it wasn't it wasn't as if like you were doing it to be like hey look how transgressive i'm being it was just more like like yeah this is just what this is about like this is this is like a thing that like everyone's kind of into and uh, i'm gonna do it this way um i wonder like do you do you see how do you see like how do you like experience or understand either in the stuff you write i think that would probably be the most interesting but like if it doesn't show up there that's fine um like sexuality in video games is such a weird and like overwrought topic at this point. Um, how do you sort of like, how would you like best to see it? Is there any of it in the work that you do? Is there any way that you kind of try and get that, that element of your, 
uh, either personal personality or creative personality into your work at all? Like, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's a, it's not a question I typically ask, uh, but I think I haven't seen a lot of people do as much with it as you have. So I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. Like Heartbreak High kind of has hints of it. I mean, I obviously didn't, I didn't like want to consummate anything because it's a game about high schoolers. Like, sure. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. That's... But I mean, like with, I don't want to be necessarily known as like the guy who's working like eroticism and sexuality, like into all their work. But I, I kind of just naturally end up doing that because I don't think it's a big deal. Right. Uh, it really does just seem like it's a natural aspect of a lot of stories that we gloss over or are afraid to not afraid. That sounds like I'm doing something brave, but like, uh, how many fucking movies and stories and like, I don't like, there's so many things where you're like, just let the characters fucking move on. Like it doesn't need to be a big deal. <laughs> like countless sitcoms are built around whether or not two characters are going to fuck to the point where like, uh, party down like has them fucking their second or third episode or something and you're like great now we can get that out of the way like i love that sort of thing where it is treated as just not the end all be all but a a facet of life that's unavoidable um mm. and i feel like american and what just western storytelling in general is crippled by this repressed like feel, like this inability to just casually tackle sexual matter um sexual subject yeah. matter and it's like I mean, Mr. Boop obviously is specifically about like internet horniness. Um, <laughs> sure. And like, like, so that's tackling it more than a lot of my other work might. But yeah, like even in that work, it's not supposed to be like there are jokes where the casualness of the sex is like funny because everyone else would like look over it or it would normally be focused or highlighted in such a way. But it's also just like hopefully refreshing to just see it and then move yeah. past it yeah no I for mean... sure that's a, that, that that is actually like a really interesting way of thinking about it because it wasn't like i didn't want to say it didn't matter because of course it does but like right it is it is this way of like treating it not in the terms of like oh like here's the center point of the comic or here's the center point of the joke or something like that it really is sort of like secondary yeah like even even my new comic uh crime hot is like the, the first chapter that I've, I've finished and is already like being released on patreon um that one is not super explicit. There's like some sexualization going on in it. Like there are like characters who are re like wearing revealing outfits and like talking about that, like talking about if they're hot or not. Like there's there's an there's a sexual energy in it, but it's not like that crazy. The second issue though is like overtly about like I don't know. Like a lot of it's inspired by like all these episodes of Lupin where they're playing up this this like eroticism and then not consummating it um yeah. so, sometimes they do in lupon that's that's great um but like yeah it's it's me sort of playing with like what if we just went in a step further and like allowed that consummation to just be part of it and just not be a huge deal mm -hmm. um so like in terms of video games uh it's the it's the same like to me it's not that big of a difference between talking about it in movies like or books it's just we we need to be able to like accept a sex scene and not let it be like I mean, most movies have them like HBO does them like in these in these very like uh, the way HBO does it is almost a badge of adult honor. Like this is this is sophisticated. We're allowed to show sex. And I kind of hate that, too. That's like just as dumb to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like the problem of like it's almost an HBO reputation. Like you need your requisite sex scene in, an, in each episode. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like that either. And then in movies, it's usually like. 
very uh like unhorny it's weird like the way that they do it like they'll do like the sex scene and it'll be like the shots of people sweaty and their faces like in the dark and then they just cut past it and you're like okay there's nothing really like actually sexy there it's just like you're doing you're doing the beats you're doing like this is what needs to be done to show you that two characters had sex Yeah. yeah like nobody's actually like there's there's something to be said for living in those moments and exploring the intimacy that's only experienced in like i don't know like pre-sex post-sex in the middle of sex like moments that you're skipping over and kind of doing a disservice like you can learn a lot about characters uh by watching them have sex and if you're like hung up on that being labeled like you can't show that or else it's nc-17 or now it's porn like if that's like something you're worried about you're not going to do that and you're going to rob yourself of telling the best story you can tell Hmm. where like you might have a situation where it just makes sense for this character to be most vulnerable in an erotic situation. And now you have to find some other way to show that about that character. Like you're, it's crippling. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good. That's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, Liv. Wow. I'm yeah, that is really interesting. I will be thinking more about that. Um, I love to think (laughs) more on the um, erotic (laughs) matters. Um, (laughs) <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, we don't we all. Uh, but referring back to the Detective Pikachu episode, I'm not sure if we talked about uh, the adaptations that you would like to see. But I'm I'm interested in if that is something that you you think is positive, or it just feels like a requisite like money making venture only to to make film adaptations of video games. Um, but what you would like to see. If anything, I mean, yeah, I mostly think it's stupid. I mostly think like I don't like adapting across mediums most of the time. It's not that it can't be done. It's not that like it shouldn't be tried. It's just 99% of the time it is a money grab, like you just said. Like making a Pokemon movie is less about artists saying, how can we tell a fun Pokemon story in, in, in the film? It's more about this is a lucrative property and movies make a lot of money. So uh, let's, let's just make a a movie out of this. And like, yeah, I I don't know. Like I don't want uh, to like shit on every movie adaptation of a video game, but we don't, we don't need most of them. (laughs) A lot of the time, like, I don't know, like we we even have the opposite problem where last of us or something like something like God of war, like the new God of war, like those are trying this is, I mean, this is not a new criticism. Everyone's talked about this, but those are trying really hard to be movies instead of video games. So I always resent those games, even if they're well-made, even if they're fun to play, because at their core, they're like ashamed to be a video game. And this, I love that medium so much. So it makes me upset. Like, why do you, why are you trying to be something else? And then of course, like they announced, we're doing a Last of Us movie or a TV show. And it's like, so... The Last of Us is already aping like Cormac McCarthy's The Road, which is an adaptation of a book. Like the like, they're it's aping the movie. <laughs> it's not even aping the book. So you're like five adaptations deep, and then circling back in on yourself. Like you start as a book, then you're a movie, then you're a game, then you're a TV show, and it's like no longer is anybody actually trying to express anything. You are all just insecure about your own medium and trying to like make money like it's it's all i don't know it's all fucked but so there is not a game that you would like to see as a movie you know i always kind of like think i want to see 
like there's elements of games that don't explore their story as much as I'd like. Like I always think about uh, Mega Man X as like a really neat exploration. Like it's it's a cool sci-fi story. It's like all these these uh like this robot who was built to be the best of humanity and had to like hibernate for a hundred years so it could like go through all of its ethical permutations and calculations and then now it's ready to like fight for humanity like there's interesting stuff there that obviously is not fully expressed in a game where you just select eight bosses and kill them um but in those instances i I wouldn't want to see a Mega Man x movie i would want to see like someone tell their own story that was inspired by things that they wanted to see out of that Mega Man x story and like same thing with like super metroid like something about just it's they're so isolated that those feelings of like you are the only being on an alien planet trying to hunt down metroids like there's <laughs> I don't necessarily want to see a Metroid movie, but I would absolutely watch a movie about like someone isolated on a planet just trying to do a hunting like I don't know, a bounty hunting job. Like I would I, I'm interested in stories like that, but I don't want to see them I don't know, I get I get cynical when it's like we're doing a Metroid movie or something. Like, oh god. Mm-hmm. That, I don't trust anybody in those industries to do it right. It, Not that like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense like to prefer like someone playing a game and being inspired by something and like coming up with their own original story that has like that element that they were really inspired by and getting a new original story that was really meant for film rather than just uh, adapting something that has like these, these constraints because you're adapting and you have to like hit the, and that, I mean, that was part of the the failures of the Warcraft movie was like, you have to hit these like (laughs) constraints of like, okay, well, you're trying to tell a story um, to people who are not familiar with the source material. So then, like, it sucks because you're explaining that, but then you you don't want to spend your whole time explaining just, like, the Warcraft story that was already told to you. So then you're you're talking about stuff that's not going to be familiar to the audience and so neither no one's no one's going to be happy with it because it's neither a real story nor a retelling of a story yeah you're disappointing every like your fans are mad because it's not exactly what they wanted the movie fans who don't know the source material are frustrated because they don't get it like if you're if you're adapting something you're already it's again you're crippling yourself because you're you're not like you're trying to shoehorn in beats that were designed for a different medium into this medium and that might some some stories might actually be very well suited for that transition i would say most of them aren't and if you just start like if you're a fan of warcraft you're like i want to make a movie version of that you're probably better off just going what do i like about warcraft and then starting from scratch and being like this stuff will work perfectly in movie format i don't have to like try to fit this existing story that's made for a game like you can just completely you can you can shape it for the medium you're working in straight off the bat without having to like shoehorn it in yeah and that's how you get hit youtube series the guild (laughs) i forgot about that well, Alec, thank you so much for joining us today. I I will say, um, as I think we all understand, that this was way overdue. It's been so long since we were, we last recorded, and to to actually yeah, like have you on and talk a little bit about everything rather than just having to stick to a Pokemon movie uh, was was <laughs> thrilling. Do you it have? It was thrilling. <laughs> Um, I will, I'm, I'm glad that the, the thrill is shared. Do you have anything, anything to plug anything that you, uh, want people to check out specifically? Uh, sure. Yeah. You can, you can read Mr. Boop at mrboop.net or on my Twitter account at Alec Robbins. 
You can uh, read my new comic, Crime Hot, on my Patreon. I think that's patreon.com slash Alec Robbins. But it'll be, you don't have to because it'll be free soon on Twitter later. Um, but, you know, if you want to. Yeah, go support the Patreon. Well, that's it, yeah. Alec, thank you for joining us. Um, I, Trevor shares his joy in you being here today. So thank you yeah, so much. He, he just died, yeah. He's gone. <laughs> he, yeah, he's gone pecan. But um, I, I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, Sam. Yes, thanks, Alec. Oh, Trevor's <laughs> back. Wow. Came back to oh. life. It's a miracle. All right. So long. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.